They may not know everything about sports, but the view from their couch is pretty good. So kick back and enjoy a brew, because you know they already are. Here is Eric Dorsch. They're crazy enough to let me be in charge. Russ Ivanek. Eight out of ten from the judges. Five out of ten from the German judge. And Justin Marcus. Our best defense has been long, hard, and yellow all year long. This is Armchair Sports Talk. Hail to the victors. No, I'm not going to start saying that. That is a hell of a sound check. That's a great sound check, isn't it? We're back. We're here. It's Armchair Sports Talk. That's right. I'm leading it off with Hail to the Victors because Justin wasn't here last week, so I got to throw as much at him now before I give him the floor to you know throw it back, put in his defense. Uh, that being said, I'm your host, Derek Dorsch. Uh, I do this every week. I know these two probably wish it was someone else, but hey, you're stuck with me. I'm the one that actually knows how to work the radio equipment. Uh, Justin, you weren't here last week, so I'll say hi to you first. How you doing today, buddy? I'm good, but why? we would never replace you because who's going to bust my balls when I'm gone? The next person will, too. It comes in the contract. You, uh, you're required to do that uh, no matter what. So it's okay, fine. Okay. And let's be honest. If I don't bust your balls, you know, you got a wife and two kids at home. I'm sure they can keep the trend going for me. It's okay. We'll, we'll be thanks, just fine. Thanks, buddy. I, I appreciate the ball busting. I got a couple things to, to take back from ball busting, but... A general ball busting is always a, a ball busting as always, and uh, my partner in crime when it comes to the ball busting, Statman Russ Ivanak. How you doing today, pal? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I uh, I like how you've created a irreplaceable role for yourself by just throwing that. I'm the only one that knows how to work the equipment. Well played, sir. Job security, my friend. Job exactly. security. <laughs> not just a pretty face, though. Not even that pretty of a face. Uh, let's get right into it. We've got a lot to talk about. We, you know, I, I let off singing "Hail to the Victors." We do wanna do our predictions for the season for Michigan State and for Michigan. Should be pretty interesting. We don't ever really tend to agree on uh, schedules. Russ and I usually have U of M winning some games. Jay picks them to finish at the bottom of the Big Ten every year for no apparent reason. So, uh, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But that being said, last week I did did take some shots at Jay because Jay wasn't here, so the shots were easily taken. Uh, I... Put it in the rundown. I regretted it as soon as I put it in there, but I'm a man of my word. We'll stick to it. Jay, the floor <laughs> is yours. Go ahead. You get your rebuttal. You do whatever you feel you need to do. I carte blanche. I can do whatever I want right now. Uh, oh, no. Don't. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just, just to be fair, remember, I have the ability to edit this. I could make you sound like you sing the praise of anything uh, I want. So pick your words, no, my friend. No, no. We don't want to have to suspend it's- you again. It's happened before. It could happen again. Hashtag free Baldy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, back, in all seriousness, a couple of things I just wanted to chime in as well, and then we'll get to this week's episode. Um, the debate between Mahomes and Mayfield, uh, I did not have a comment on that one. I wish I did because that was an interesting part of the pod last week. Um, I took it a step further and just looked at schedules. Between Kansas City and Cleveland, Chiefs should probably have 11 to 12 wins in the bag, and yeah. they go up against a fair amount of poor defenses. Cleveland, the same kind of with some abysmal defenses, but I could only pick eight or ten games for them that are like are just a lock for them if there's ever such a thing in the NFL. So just on schedule alone. Which, by the I way, isn't that weird home. to say that we can give Cleveland eight to ten games that are in the bag? That feels completely yep. weird to say, by the way. Yep. I don't know what universe I'm in, but that's yeah. how I feel, and it's a very strange feeling. Okay. All right. So that being said, so, you, you were going to go with? Mahomes. Okay. I just just on matchups alone, they have to, they got Broncos twice, they got the Chargers twice. 
I believe that Mahomes will get it done stats-wise. Um, he might have a regression, and he probably should have a regression year over year, but he'll have a better season than Mayfield will. All right. That being said, did so, I at least do a good enough job to plead my case that it was a legit conversation, or was I just kind of howling at the moon? Oh, yeah, I know. When the two of you are going back and forth on, like, here are the four requirements to – you know, be a damn good quarterback, yeah. and you're checking off who falls on what side of the ledger. I loved it. It was excellent. Okay, very nice. I appreciate it. So you're going, you're so going Mahomes, Mahomes, and like I said, yeah, like I said, there's no wrong answer in that one. They're both, in my opinion, going to be the two best quarterbacks of the next ten years if they keep ascending on the trend they are. So, yep. Okay. Um, second to last thing I got is I still want to stand by Travis Kelsey leading the league in touchdowns. I had to do some digging, and Russ put out some good stats about the last tight end that led it. But I, I honestly feel feel like, you know, we're talking about Mahomes again. He has a lot of pressure for year two. He's on the Madden cover, so he already had that curse going against him. And I just think he's going to rely on Kelsey a unhealthy amount where Kelsey's just going to have the rock and lead the league. So it might be a little hot take-ish, but I'm, I'm going to sit by that all year round and see how that plays out. Well, but like I said in the in our show, I don't disagree that he's going to lean on Kelsey. I just think after a while, you have to start getting the ball to other people or else, A, they're going to start tailoring the defense to eliminate the one thing you want to go to, and B, a lot of his trickery he was able to get away with last year if you want to call it that it was talent but I don't think he's going to be able to get away with this year these no look passes as soon as one of those gets picked off Andy Reid's going to tell him all right knock that shit off it was cool when you can do it but I'm not going to take an interception for you to make an NFL you know or ESPN highlight so I I do think that he's going to go to Kelsey a lot and I think Kelsey's going to have monumental numbers this year I just think he has to know that you're not going to always have a Pro Bowl wide receiver, Pro Bowl running back, and Pro Bowl tight end in your huddle every time. So you got to learn to kind of work with these guys that aren't so well established because that's how they become established. So that's where yeah, I'm with that. But, but have but have either of you seen his secret weapon for the season? Uh-oh. Catch he got up? the behind-the-back pass. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> if he pulls that out, he'll, you know, he'll probably get benched. Good God. Okay, I, I'm uh, with you, though. Love- Oh, 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 excellent segue. Speaking of getting benched, I'm going to bench you, Eric. Because my show notes, I only had one word that was misspelled, and it was Patricia, and it was spelled as practice. Other than that, my notes were very good sentences, and they were very legible. Let me me find – I will find this note, my friend. Like, I read this every which way it could be read, and it was not grammatically correct. All right, we might have to circle back on it. I don't know if we should do it now. It's live, and I don't want to be wrong. But you're benched in my book. That's that's fine. Go ahead and bench me. I can I can live <laughs> with being benched. I, I I spent quite a few years on a bench in uh, in high school, so I'm good with it. We also covered he's the only one that can use the equipment, so... Yeah. Yeah, we're we're benching like you know our our Stafford to this podcast. Great, we're going downhill, fellas. Yeah, at least it's something we're used to as Detroit fans. Yes, is he? Is Eric? Are you are you truly digging into my notes right now? I'm reading them right now, actually. Oh, shit. So, um, <laughs> I was wondering why you got quiet. I was like, oh great. No, no, I'm I, I'm reading. I, I the the thing is, I can't remember where the uh, where my alleged 
error was. I thought it was in the uh, in the AB stuff. So, uh, guys, I I will read those notes meticulously and uh, you look out for a tweet or maybe even a uh, me uh, coming back at him next week's show. You don't know. You're gonna have to come back for next week's show to see if uh, if one of us was right and one of us was wrong. It was probably me. I I, I was probably right. Uh, all right, Jay. I, that's <clears throat> I good notes. Sorry, I mean, buddy. it's good to know. It's good to know where you you sit on the Mahomes uh, Baker fence because this year when baker kills them i'm not going to let either of you forget it so uh that's fine uh i again neither was disputed kelsey it was definitely a hot take to take kelsey but i think uh i just think there's a lot of talent out there i think it's going to be very very tough to uh to get that all figured out um real quick one thing i i i, I sent this out to you guys and jay you responded uh the the tweet of Slay covering uh, Hopkins. You really think that was a pass interference, Jay? I don't think that was a pass interference. Oh I think God. he played that well. He, collectively, when you put the three things together, it pi. It doesn't matter. The NFL never would have reviewed it. They would have forgotten that they were allowed to review it and just gone away from it. So well, they can this year. They still would forget they're well, allowed to. It's fine. It's not going to happen. Yeah, um, Russ, pass interference. I think the first stuff, hey, it was within 10 yards. It happens all the time, hand fighting. I definitely saw some pulling right when the ball was on its way, though. So okay. I, I think it was 50-50 if it gets called. See, that's the thing. I think you could make an argument for holding the flag, but I think you – I mean, I agree. In almost any situation, there's argument for pass interference. But uh, I think you. I think you definitely could hold that flag and – both guys are going to complain about it, but in reality, it was a it was a fifty fifty play. That if you watch, Hopkins has got has his hands right in Slay. He's not he's not sitting there with his hands up in the air running. So it's an interesting play. I, I think it. I think you could call it both ways. That's yeah. I think you definitely could call it both ways. Um. Yeah. All right, uh, Jay. I know. I'm sure you've already watched it. I, I watched most of it today, Russ. I don't know if you're watching. Hard knocks right now or not, but uh, it's just the that's fine. It's just the continuous unfolding drama that is Antonio Brown. Uh, Last week it was the frostbite on the feet. Uh, It was the I don't want to wear any helmet but my own helmet. This guy sounds like a five year old. I don't want to wear it. It's anything but mine. That's all. It's mine. I want it. Uh, For those not paying attention, Antonio Brown is very upset. Because the NFL will not approve his helmet that he's worn his entire career. Uh, it's not safe. And in this day and age, you would probably want something that will keep you safe. You seem to not be able to protect your feet. Maybe you should try to protect your head. Um, he didn't get... He, uh, they, he lost his appeal. It's not going to happen. He's got he's to gotta wear a normal helmet. His response to that was, I don't need to play football. I just won't play football. Oh, okay, good. So now you're going to pout that you're not going to get what you want. So you're just not going to play. That's going to go well. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys about this, and I wanted to get your opinion here. Uh, Russ, does this just kind of seem like Antonio Brown's probably just going to be more of a problem this year than he is going to be a benefit to the Oakland Raiders? Oh, 100%. And how about him coming out going, hey, if you're going to make me use this safe helmet and I get injured, I'm going to hold you liable. Like, dude, that's why they're trying to make you wear the safe helmet. <laughs> You got yep. your egg scrambled in 2016, right, when Burfecht came over the top and just destroyed him oh, after the yeah. ball had gone by. 
Well, let's go a quick timeline after that. He gets a concussion there. The January after, he does a Facebook Live video from the locker room. That becomes the biggest the biggest deal there. Yep. But then he gets paid, becomes the highest paid wide receiver that offseason. So, hey, they still took care of him. Wasn't too big of a distraction. A year later, he's asking for a trade from the same plate. He's, he also went AWOL at the end of this, at that season. What, Doward, so fast? Uh, uh, all I can say is this is either escalating behavior that is systematic of who he is or possibly some early effects of CTE, which is even scarier. Which is even scarier, yeah. Yeah, this is erratic behavior that we really even haven't seen with diva wide receivers to this level. So it's, it's either who he is, which is scary, or there's something going on in his head, which is really scary for a whole different reason. Either way, it's probably not going away soon. No, no, it sadly is probably not. And a part of me quietly kind of loves the fact that the guy that hit you so hard it proves you should probably wear a safer helmet is now your teammate. Yeah. Uh, Perfect yeah. is on yep. that team with him. And I just love it because n- nothing against the Raiders, but when you think Raiders, you think dirty, you think uh, Perfect fits that mold perfectly for that team. Yeah. So far, he hasn't really been featured much on the show, and that's totally fine, too, because he's a crazy person. But, uh, Jay, it's kind of the same question. You know, like like I said, you and I have been kind of watching the show. We've seen it. AB hasn't really been in it very much. But when he is in it, this guy just seems like a light bulb or whatever or a piston is not firing at full speed in this man's head. He just seems to think that everything he's doing is right and normal. And... I feel like that's got to be a big detriment, and I'm amazed that Gruden has been taking it as patiently as he has. Yeah, so like my, I'm going to start with AB, but I'm going to end with Gruden, and it's for good reason. Two things. One, I think Russ has it dead to rights that there's something happening between the ears up there, for better or for worse, that could be pretty detrimental to who he is as a player. The other way I look at it is the business end of it all. It's PR. I mean, they've got hard knocks. They've got this you know, new coach or the second year coach. They've got this, you know, these deviant type players on their team. And now they got AB giving them more PR. So it's it's probably good for the Raiders. I mean, they get talked about more. But watching Hard Knocks, and there's a scene in episode two where um, Gruden finds out some news about AB and the camera's on him and he's talking to, I think, his OC and he just closes his mouth, he looks left and right, he kind of just looks up a little bit, shakes his head, and walks away from the camera. Like, he wanted to say something, but he knew he couldn't because he's being filmed, right? So there's yeah. that scene, and at the end of the episode, and sorry, Ross, if I'm spoiling anything for you, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that is quite at, the end of the, at the end of the episode, he gets interviewed by someone, and he Gurdon comes down from his, like, squeaky, annoying voice, and he was just like, look, man, like, he's hurt. The man is hurt. You guys say things off, you know, color and kind of sarcastically, but the man's hurting and he needs the space. And, like, it was a very sincere moment that Gruden has no control over Antonio Brown, and he feels for the guy because he's a player's coach. But I expect this from A.B. from week one to, you know, postseason of everything. So it's going to be a train ride that we get to all watch. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I... Part of me is kind of okay with him not being there because I, I do feel like if he was on that show, this would be 
the AB show and not Hard Knocks. They would everything would be about him, and it's kind of nice to be able to see some guys that you have no idea who they really are. Um, I'll tell you what, my uh, my prediction for putting Derek Carr marginally in the top ten quarterbacks is looking pretty good right now. This guy can sling the football. I would like to just point that out to both of you. I, I think I made a very smart choice, but when it comes to AB, I. I don't know what's going on in this guy's head, and I, to be honest, I don't really want to. Uh, he's just—he's a little—he's a little out there, and the fact that he seems to think that with how his feet look and what happened to him, that he's going to be just breaking the NFL like receiving record in a couple weeks. I don't, or he's going to start to make that attempt. I don't see that happening. He—I think this guy's going to be pretty dinged up for a while, and when he does get on the field, I fully expect way more distractions than I do a uh, benefit to this team. And I could fully see a Gruden-AB sideline blow-up happening. It's happened before with Gruden. He got in uh, Keyshawn Johnson's face a couple times when he was in Tampa Bay. And I'd love to see it. I'd love to see the argument between Gruden and uh, AB because, Lord help me, I don't think I'd want to get in the face of John Gruden when he's pissed. He might kill me. He might no. just absolutely You see how he was talking to Mike Glennon? Yep. He's he was all up in his face like, "What are you thinking?" And he didn't say anything. He's like, "No, what are you thinking? Where were you going with that?" Like, yo, he's relentless. By the way, Jay, you you said it last week or a couple weeks ago that you wanted angry Gruden. Are you? Do you feel like you finally got angry Gruden? Because first week he was kind of very nice and easy going with everybody. I mean, he feels like he's kind of turned the switch and he's ready to be angry Gruden again. Kind of, and Russ, you got to see it. In the beginning of the second episode, he's he's opening up a meeting and he's talking calmly, and out of nowhere, he just starts swearing, and getting pissed. Like he literally went from "Hey guys, let's knock on the table if you're with me." Now, fuck yourself. Like he went like crazy out of nowhere. Oh, he went Chuck. I big. don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that was for the cameras or not, but I'll take I'll take angry Gruden. It's no, fun. I think that's just Gruden. Gruden really doesn't give a crap. He's at a whole different level, and I. It is it is very enjoyable to watch, and watching him and Sean uh, Sean McVay in the same room together was it was insane. It was like a, a watching a father nurture his baby boy because these are the same person, just twenty years apart in age. It it, it was great to see. Um, going from a guy who is always you know in the headlines, big name for mainly the wrong reasons lately. It seems well, we got to talk about a guy that. I forgot to put on my list. I will admit that. So this is me making up for it. I want to talk about him. Uh, I wish he was under better circumstances. Now we come to a guy that uh, isn't in the headlines for doing the wrong thing very much. He's just in the headlines a lot because he can't seem to find his way on the field. He can't seem to get healthy. And uh, that's Andrew Luck. For the Colts, uh, a lot of us, or all, I think all three of us had him having a pretty good year. Had, us do, had him doing some things. Uh, and let's be honest, if he's not on that field, the Colts are going to have a really Really, really rough go of it. Uh, I guess the leadoff question to ask Russ is: No luck. This team is easily a bottom of the a bottom of the league team. Oh, hundred percent. I kind of said it when we were talking about this before. But if they don't have luck, they're going to be something that rhymes with luck. And, and what true. really blows me away is how can someone named Luck? We've got a horseshoe on the side of his head. Not be able to catch a break. I don't it's kind of like how the Giants in even years won the World Series. Uh, odd years, Andrew Luck just doesn't play. 2015, seven games. 2017, zero games. 2019, uh-oh. TBD, yeah. It's, Yikes. It's scary. And, and to be honest, this team is, I mean, as we've just said, is it's very predicated on this guy. I mean, they 
they don't have a bad offense. I mean, they've obviously got uh, receivers. They've got Ebron, which we don't really know. He had a good year last year, but from everything, everything we saw when he was in Detroit, we didn't even know he was capable of catching the football. Um, it's just it's one of those things where you think you've got everything built up the right way, and then you take one one piece out of it, and you see the whole house of cards crumble. And I just it, it's worrisome because he went from having I forget it was a, a strain to all of a sudden he's got a high ankle sprain, and it's like well. Did that really just morph into it, or did you guys think he was going to get better and now realize he's not? So it's like, okay, I guess we'll tell you the truth. He didn't have this. He really had this. And uh, if so, I I don't like that too much. Why are you not revealing that your star player could not be playing this year? People kind of need to, or I'm sure the fans of Indianapolis would have loved to have known that. But, uh, Jay, I mean, if this this guy's not on the field, best case this team – maybe gets to six wins? Mm, I mean, I had to, honestly, you put me on the spot. I had to look at their schedule, but, I mean, luck, luck is the team. I don't know what else they're going to do. T, who's T.Y. Hilton going deep for? Like, who's Eric Ebron going to have a decent season for? I don't, probably sub six games, and or six wins, excuse me, and probably a sad Eric Ebron, which I'd like to see again. Well, I think we'd all like to see a sad Eric Ebron. That would be, that would be enjoyable for everyone. But I mean, we'll see what happens. They can't win it. six games. They can't win six games with Kobe Jones. Listen, at San Diego, at Tennessee, Atlanta, Oakland, at Kansas City, Houston, Denver, at Pittsburgh, Miami, Jacksonville, at Houston, Titans, Buck, at Bucks, at Saints, versus the Panthers, at Jacksonville. I, I, I would be hard-pressed to say there is six wins on that. you got to play some of these teams in their own barn. This is, uh, this is if, if, if it's not Andrew Luck week one and a healthy Andrew Luck at that, even if it's Andrew Luck, a healthy Andrew Luck, this, this team could easily be looking at a 0-3 start. you got to play at San Diego, or I mean at LA Chargers, at Tennessee Titans, and then against Atlanta. This is a team that could be at 0-3 even if Andrew Luck's under center. So... I don't know this is a this is a rough one because, <clears throat> like I said, I forgot to put him on the list. He is an elite quarterback, and uh, we we've kind of seen what happens when the starting when you go from the starter to the backup. There's a reason it's such a, a large jump between starting quarterbacks in this league and backup quarterbacks in this league because they really are that much better. And without Andrew Luck, uh, it, it, it's tough to say too because, I, like I said, I like Hilton. I, I'd like to see what Ebron can do. Because he sure as shit didn't do anything here. It'd be nice to see what he's really actually capable of and why we wasted a pick that cost us OBJ and Aaron Donald. Uh, yeah, I know. It hurts. It hurts to say, but unfortunately you have to say it because you've got to put it in perspective of what we gave up for this guy and what this guy turned out to, to not be at all. I try to forget about that every single time we're done talking about it. <laughs> well, good. We're, 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 about, we're about to be done talking about it so you can forget it very quickly. Uh, it's, just, it's a tough situation. Obviously... Got a couple preseason games left, a couple weeks till the opener. Hopefully, within that time, he can make some kind of stride that number 12 is going to be on the field for the Colts week, week one because Lord knows that they need him. They really do need him, and uh, it should be it should be interesting. Um, but we, like I said, we have a couple preseason games left. Why don't we get to the one that's coming up here in a couple days that involves the team that's our city. Let's stop talking about Indy and let's start talking about Detroit. Uh, terrible, terrible showing. Last week, Jay, I'm, I'm 
kind of astonished that wasn't in your uh, things you wanted to talk about to lead off because uh, it was nope. it was a re- did you watch any of it? <laughs> nope. Yep. Okay. That there's your answer, people. Salt is pouring out of this place. Um, no, they don't. Even, they don't even get a shake out of that salt shaker. I'm not. I'm not giving that a second of my time. All right. Well, you're gonna have to give this one a second of your time. Uh, second preseason game. I guess I want to ask you, Jay, first, and this is kind of the question that's going to lead everything here. Uh, what are the things you are looking for in this game to kind of write the ship back to where you're comfortable with this team going into the regular season? Well, personally, it's not going to happen, but I, I would want all starters, all starters to play the first quarter as a minimum. I understand what the, the, the norm is for preseason, but after what they just did in the first game, Get everyone who's a starter on that team to play the first quarter and come out. Show me Hawkinson. Show me Carrion. Give me something to feel a little bit better to not to, like to, to take away that we have no good depth. Like, give me the give me the main entree. That's what I need to see. But it's not going to happen. So, in, in lieu of that, um, I want Matt Prater to kick a fifty-yard field goal. Um, you know, show me who's going to be playing uh, opposite of Slay. Like I, I, I need some starter action to feel good going into the third preseason game. So I just don't know if they're actually going to give that to us. Okay. All right. Uh, now, assuming you don't get that, because let's be honest, that's probably the most, that's probably the biggest ask uh, of a preseason game. We all know the third game's the, the starter game that more often than not, the other three are backup games. Um, we, we t- Russ and I touched on it that, to me, the scariest thing about this was we, we talked about how great this defense should be, and then when none of those starters are in there, we realize, oh, boy, this is really bad. So, I mean, taking out wanting to see starters, you know what you're going to see. You're going to see backups. You're going to be second and third string players. Is there a facet of this game, whether it's the offensive line, running game, passing game, or defense as an entirety that you need to see knowing, okay, if – so-and-so goes down, we have a couple guys that can step in and marginally fill the role? Linebacker all day. I mean, show me show me Tavai with a couple other good players around him and what he can do as okay. he learns through each play that he has. Like, um, on the line, I'm okay. On corners, yeah, when we get our starters in the mix, it's going to be nicer. Show me that linebacker core. Okay. Uh, Russ, I actually wanted to ask you that last week, and I forgot. Do you see, because we both watched him a little bit, and I I said I liked what I saw when I saw him. Um, Do you think there's any situation here where Patricia's willing to move Jared Davis out of that middle linebacker and give that to Tavai and tell Jared Davis to just start attacking the edges? I think that could be the play down the road. I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, I just don't think he's going to keep... Keep Davis is kind of the heart of that linebacking core until Tavai is more acclimated to the game. Okay. But he does seem to fit that role of the old Patriot, just big, hulking middle linebacker that comes up and kills the inside gaps. And Jared Davis looks more like an, an outside and edge guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could see it happening, just not this year. Okay, that's fair. Uh, same question I asked Jay. What do you need to see from this Lions team to kind of feel like the ship's been semi-righted back in the direction we need to be headed. So a pulse on offense would be nice. Just okay. like a pulse, show me that you're awake. Um, 31 offensive plays last week. Uh, Patriots had 38 passes, and they had 40 rushes. 
they're so inept that they couldn't even hang on to the ball, right? Only crossed the 50 once, and it was at the end of the game. Whatever it takes. If you're running well, just keep running it. Run it 40 times and pass about five times. I don't care. Show me a pulse. Show me not ineptitude. Show me not nine sacks. Yeah, that'd be nice. That's brutal. Don't get another quarterback killed. Speaking of which, if I can say things I don't want to see, I don't want to see Stafford very, very much. Mm-hmm. Go out there, do something safe. Show you know, you know, wave at the crowd, kiss a few babies, <laughs> get the hell out of there before the backups get him killed. Yeah, because it looks atrocious right now, and I don't trust the offensive line. Um, the only other thing that I want to see is you guys kind of already touched on it, so I don't have a lot to add. But the pass defense, both on the line and the secondary, get more than one sack in garbage time. Get get some pressures. I know it's a lot of vanilla stuff, but show me something. Show me a linebacker coming off the edge, and don't give away the inside constantly on in coverage. Just be better. <laughs> to put it simply, right? Like, don't let Brian Hoyer, albeit a preseason game, look like a starter because he's not. Hey, go green. <laughs> there it is. God. Hey, yeah, you could sneak that past me last week. We were able to. You weren't here last week. That was very easy to sneak past you. I know. Sorry, Russ. Go ahead. No, that was. I, I'm done. I don't really <laughs> care about a win. I just care about not looking so effing embarrassing. Now, go go ahead and ice your head, Russ. You sound like your head's hurting a little bit from that all that pain. You just had to uh, yeah, had to yeah. dole out. Um, I mean. When you do a show like this, there are only so many points you can make. You guys touched on quite a bit of it. Uh, I will say, Jay, your your starter thing, I did have that in my notes. I had it to a little more of a reasonable expectation of what little bit of the starters we do see, if, like, of whoever we see, execution needs to be next to perfection. I, you cannot go out there, get off to a slow start, and expect that to be a pace that like the, team, the, the backups are going to surpass. You need to go out there and set an example as to why you're not playing in these preseason games because you guys are that much better that you don't really need the reps. You need to figure out who else is going to be on this team on the off chance you can't take the reps. So whatever bit of the starters we see, whether it is Stafford or Galladay or Carrion or Snacks or Flowers, whatever you guys do, I need to see perfection. I need to see a reason why we're giving you guys that much money to be the starters for this team and why we put so much faith faith in that defense. So if I see it, it needs to be great. Backup execution needs to improve greatly. Not that that's, you know, a surprise. You know, when you're all the way at the bottom, you got nowhere to go but up. Uh, especially the D line and the uh, the DBs. I thought defensive line looked terrible, and the defensive backs, like we said, made Hoyer and Stidham look like they were both franchise quarterbacks. And we all know Hoyer's bounced around quite a bit, so there's no reason. He should have been able to go out and do what he did. So need to just needs to be better, needs to be a little more consistent. I, I understand teams are gonna score. Like that's there's no reason we should expect our backups to be able to shut down the Patriots like they did. I mean, thirty one to whatever thirty one to three is still pathetic, but I, I understand they're gonna score. Points are gonna be put up. I don't take it too seriously because it's not a real game. It's all a bunch of backups, but I need to see you guys get some four or some three and outs, maybe some att- uh, chances at turnovers. I need to see a little bit of life in there, or else I don't know what we're doing here. Because the second one of our big name players goes down, everything's done for. Uh, and then thirdly, 
I need to see Josh Johnson, who we brought in. This is his, I think it's like his 13th team. Guy's been in the league for 10 years or for 11 years, and he's played on 13 teams. Uh, I need to see him show at least a decent understanding of this offense. Not that I ever expect him to play. I really don't. I, I, I've seen him play before, and he's, he's an athlete. He's a, he's a pretty good, he's a solid backup, which is what we have not had in a long time, was a solid backup. A guy that if Stafford goes down, we feel comfortable going, you know what, he's not going to throw for 5,000 yards and 35 touchdowns, but he might be able to keep us in the game at least enough to get a win or two. I need to see that. So he's probably going to get a lot of reps because he came in only a week or two ago. He's probably going to get some serious reps to get some feel for all this, and I need to see him look like he's kind of understanding this offense, this playbook, and what direction we're going in on the off chance we see him down the road. If those three things happen, I will feel very, very, very comfortable going into the the third week, going into the dress rehearsal for the starters. Um, but man, did that 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 first preseason game really? I think it really knocked some uh, some cobwebs off and made me kind of question. Mm, I don't know, nine and nine and seven might be a might be a tall order. It really might be a tall order. I know Russ, you and I were out the other night and we. Mentioned it to my uncle, and he, he he thought that was preposterous to go for nine and seven. So uh, it's it, it's going to be a rough one. It's going to be very interesting to see what they can do. But I think, listen, Patricia, we got you all the the shiny toys you wanted. Got to do better. Got to see more with the players that you actually need to coach up. Your shiny toys don't usually need a lot of coaching because they know what they got to do. But there's a reason you're here. There's a reason you're the head coach. All these other guys can't it cannot be that big of a drop off so hopefully uh hopefully things will change things will get a little bit better and we'll uh we'll see some better results this weekend um that's pretty much it for the uh the uh solo topics i think we got one big topic to get through and uh this one's usually entertaining to do because justin never agrees with anything we do so i'm gonna throw a little i'm gonna throw a little curveball here Little curveball. Justin, you are going last uh-huh. for the MSU schedule. That's the curveball. That's the curveball. I'm going to do something I very rarely ever do. I'm going to go first. No, I'm yeah. No, Jay, I'm not changing that much. Okay, let's be honest. Uh, I'm going to actually. I'll go first here for MSU. I want to get the torture out of the way. You're going to go three and nine. So just get over it. It's oh, a, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. God. I'm just kidding. What? I'm kidding. Um, I actually, to be fair, this is one of the most generous, uh, generous outcomes I've ever given you. Okay. Uh, first week, first week, you guys play Tulsa. My wife's from Tulsa, so you understand that I have to take take Tulsa in this game, or else I won't be able to sleep at home tonight. I hope you understand that, Jay. You understand it's a twenty-two and a half spread, right? No, so I, go ahead and give me that again. I don't get. I, I'm not seeing any money on this line. I am seeing a nice, comfortable bed to sleep in. So you gotta, you gotta understand. I don't know. Tulsa's, oh, Tulsa's a W. Tulsa's a W. I, I can't even be that much of a jerk and take that from you. Tulsa's a W, and uh, Western Michigan's a W. You guys have a. We, we were talking about this before the show, Jay. You guys have a great defense. It really is a good defense. You don't have. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. Unfortunately, I don't. I don't think Lewerke is your guy. I really don't think Lewerke is your guy. But unfortunately, Lewerke is your best option right now. 
So whatever he can do with whatever he's got around him, I hope he can uh, – I mean, even if you can get this offense to a middle-of-the-road Big Ten offense, you've got a good enough defense that that should be enough. Your your team should be one of those teams, if they can get three touchdowns and maybe a field goal in the you know in the column, you guys shouldn't have a hard time losing games. Obviously, as you get into the Big Ten, that's a little bit more easier said than done. But for these early games, it should be it should be pretty. You guys should be sitting two and zero after two weeks, nice and pretty, very happy. Then we get to Arizona. Fluffing me up before you get to week three. Listen, then we get to Arizona State, (laughs) which you've mentioned many a times the haunting memories of Arizona State. Mm -hmm. And before I give you the hammer. They are starting a, a, a true freshman quarterback this year. So the, whoever that is is only going to have two weeks to get prepared for one of the top defenses in the country. And always oh, got to play two games, too. So he's got to worry about those teams and then get prepared for you. That being said, and this is where I'm going to I'll take the heat that gets thrown to me. I have this as a loss. I just oh. think I just think some bad memories, some bad thoughts. This should be a game that you guys should walk out of with a W handedly and I hope you do but I just think this is a t- this is a game where you're going to you I could see state getting a little too overhyped for it and come game okay. time they may not be able to execute the way they want to okay okay so that's I, I gave you an L there thanks buddy it, you're welcome <laughs> um, <laughs> those out, yeah. you're welcome um following week northwestern it's a W week after that with indy it's a W Okay, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna win through this Big Ten pretty handedly. It's just a matter of you need to you're coming off that Arizona State loss. It can't be what it was last year where that Arizona State loss happened and then you guys never really looked to get the swagger going again consistently. It, it showed from time to time, but it was never really a full on. We know what we're capable of. Let's go out and do it. So Northwestern and Indy are going to be those swagger games. Then you got Ohio State. This one, I, I no joke, Jay. When I when I did my my sheet, the first thing I wrote down was question mark because I genuinely didn't know how to do this game because new head coach in Ohio State, transfer quarterback who's supposed to be great, but he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm for the starting quarterback job in Georgia. Comes here, they lost a lot of talent to the NFL. Obviously, it's Ohio State. They probably have a reserve like you wouldn't believe. But it's a guy who's never started in college football, and he's starting on a big stage for a big team. Can he do it? Because the guy who was supposed to be the quarterback transferred to Miami, so they don't really have a viable backup that they that they can really go with. So it's, it's all fields or nothing. I gave you the loss. I, I, I didn't want to, but Ohio State's got an offense, and if they can get that offense rolling, like I said, you guys – offense may not be able to match so i gave you the loss there but then rattle off three straight wins against wisconsin penn state and illinois you're going to win against rutgers you're going to win against maryland oh god i'm a michigan fan so even if the math told me otherwise i cannot give you the w against the boys in blue i can respect that so yeah i got you nine and three nine and three that's enough to be very competitive in this in this league, and I, like I said, Arizona State is to me a trap one. That if you can get out, get past, there's no reason you guys can't rattle off a ten and two, and potentially be playing for a uh, a Big Ten championship. So, 
It's just going to depend on what that offense can do. If that offense can get above what the expectations are and actually become a, re- a decent offense, a, a above average, better better than not offense, your defense is good enough that you guys should be able to roll. But like I said, I don't think Lewerke and I don't think Lombardi are your guys. And until you guys can get someone established and feel comfortable with, that defense is going to have to do a lot for a long time. So I got nine and three. So, uh, Ross, I'll hand it over to you, and you can correct me where I was wrong. Well, I'll, uh, I'll kind of rapid-fire go through it because I more want to talk high-level about this team. Um, probably going to be an elite defense again, let's be honest here. Uh, but that offense, first time under D'Antonio that they've had zero offensive players make the All-Big Ten team, which sounds about right if you watch that team. Part of it is injuries, a big part of it is injuries. So they get healthy, and they live up to what they should do. This could be a better team than I've got them projected, but a lot of questions of Barks on the offense is really what drives them to the 8-4 and four record that I've got them at. So, Ooh, 8-4. 8-4, and, four. Oh, okay. eight and four, yeah. Tulsa Western, <laughs> Tulsa Western wins. No arguing about it. Arizona State, last year they lost their punter, they lost LJ Scott, they lost David Beadle, they lost their dreams in that game. Now it's back home, they're going to get the win. Okay. Northwe- Northwestern Always gives Michigan State fits. Uh, now they actually have a quarterback in Hunter Johnson, which he hasn't really played any snaps of consequence, but he's supposed to be good, and they've done more with less. So I'm actually going to call this the trap game for Michigan State. I think they lose it, uh, mainly being on the back that they're at Northwestern and it's always close anyways. Okay. Indiana win. Um, Indiana, keep moving. <laughs> um, the, the next three games, <laughs> are really a brutal stretch, the toughest stretch for the whole season, at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, and then they get a break and then go against Penn State. I really think they only escape this stretch with one win. Um, I'm taking loss Ohio State, loss at Wisconsin. Um, but then Penn State, weird little quirk of the schedule, they get a bye week before Penn State, they get a bye mm-hmm. week after Penn State. So for three weeks, the only thing that matters is the people replacing McSorley and Miles Sanders. Give D'Antonio and that defense that long to prep and just focus on them, they already give Penn State fits anyways, that's going to be a win. Illinois, Lovey Smith, it's a win. Come on. Um, at Michigan, yes, D'Antonio's 4-1 at the big house. Anything can happen in this game. I don't feel comfortable taking it, but I'm going to take Michigan to win. So another loss to the Spartans. And the last two, I automatically leave these two as losses whenever they play anybody. So it's going to be a win over Rutgers. It's going to be a win over Maryland. They shouldn't even be in the Big Ten. There's a whole other rant that I don't want to get into now, but it annoys <laughs> me every time I see them. So that, that's how I get to 8-4. and four. I can see them sneaking up to 9-3. and three. I can also see them, if injuries bite again, that brutal three-game stretch could bleed into a bad run. But... Keep in mind, even going 7-6 and six last year, Michigan State has only lost back-to-back games once in the last two years. Okay. So they tend to rebound well. Okay. 8-4, and four, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of in that same area. Like It's, it's going mm-hmm. to be a winning season, but it's there might be some struggles along the way. All right, um, I'm afraid to ask because I feel like he's just going to rattle off a 12-0 and 0 record, but... Uh, Justin? No, uh, more modest than that. So eleven and one. What do you got for Michigan State? So a couple couple notes before we get into the schedule that 
give me pause in a couple different areas. Okay. The whole coaching thing of people staying but having oh, new job responsibilities and duties. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, fine. Great. We'll see what that actually does. But it, it's all the same recipe. You're just putting it into the pie in a different order. So whatever. Can I ask um, you something, Jay, though, real quick? Are you, as, as, yeah. a, as a Spartan fan, because you are, you know, we, we give you a lot of crap. You know, you went to Central, all that. But you are a, a, a true green and white Spartan fan. You, you absolutely are. Yeah. I can't take that away from you. Are you a little upset that after last year there wasn't a uh, semi house cleaning with Dantonio, with Dantonio's staff? Are you a little upset that uh, they didn't didn't do a little bit of a redo on that team or on that coaching staff? Yeah, knee jerk reaction, hell yeah. But if this is what we got, fine. It just it puts their feet to the fire collectively that much more that all the same people are still there. So does it put their feet, that, or does it put that whole coaching staff's feet? Like we we said, Izzo and Dantonio are two guys that. The keys to the the kingdom are theirs till they want. But I, I ask you, as a Spartan fan and as a guy that we put as our hot take individual on this show, how many more seven and six seasons does D'Antonio have before you got to start talking about either him moving into a front office position as an athletic director or venturing into finding the guy to make the offensive or defensive coordinator that's going to replace him? This would be his last season. If he and goes seven and six I, this I, year. Yeah, I, I told this to Eric before the show. I know we're getting away from their schedule, That's but fine. between the Lions, the Wolverines, and the Spartans, if one of those three coaches falters so much compared to the prior season, they're gone. And I, I put money on the fact that one of those three coaches will be fired by the end of this year. Okay. Because the, the stakes are too damn high for all of these programs. The Lions have to succeed. The, the Wolverines have to win in big games. The Spartans have to do everything they couldn't do last year. So one of the three coaches has got to go. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Antonio if they have a shit year. So it's two games over five hundred where you're going to consider a shit year. Yes. Okay. So anything anything seven and five, eight and four is unacceptable. Yeah, okay. Then no. that's fair. No, that's and fair. Thankfully, thankfully, with my prediction, they won't sniff that. Okay. Okay. So let's let's right, let's, let's, let's get, get into what it. I'm doing. Let's get to it. The defense is known. The offense is at large. Still, we don't know what the hell they are. Okay. But Tulsa win, Western win, Arizona's a loss. And Ooh. I have this marked as my trap game. I have this marked as my bad juju game. I am, like I said, I'm still on my couch at 2.56 in the flipping morning watching that game and watching my whole season come to an end. And I know it's at home. We just, I feel like that's going to be our first loss against Arizona. We, we, we are not going to have that as a revenge game, even though it's at home at 4 o'clock on Fox, apparently. Um, the next week, most plug. Yeah, I know. Really, no, no free ads. Apparently, I won't do that again. Um, Northwestern is the next week. Russ has it dead to rights that they are a pesky team, but coming off of a loss of Arizona, we'll take care of Northwestern. Uh, Indiana will be a cakewalk. Um, Ohio State. One quick note for their schedule: that is their first big game as well. Yeah. Um, but I also have yeah. a loss for them. Because we're not, we got to travel to the horseshoe and beat them on their first big game. No, so there's there's two losses on the season. Okay, I'm not buying what Wisconsin is selling one bit. And I I was high on them last year, and I feel like they have the same narrative of a team. You know, a great running game, great uh, wide receivers, but you know, um, oh, what's his name, Hornybrook didn't do it for them last year, and I'm not buying their new quarterback system at all. So. That's a win. Uh, Penn State's a win. Illinois is a win. Rutgers is a win. Maryland is a win. And going back to November 16th, 
we will be coming to the big house and we will be spanking your ass. So that gets them <laughs> a ten and two record for two thousand nineteen. Okay. Yeah, that's that's about what and I'm as I was going through it, I'm I'm like, you know what, he's gonna he's gonna have them double digit wins. Um I like that we were agreeing on Arizona State. I kinda thought that was gonna be something that was gonna make you mad, but uh No, no man. Listen, I, I as impartial as I try to stay here and I don't do a very good job of it, um this is a Spartan team that it there's a lot of talent on that defensive side of the football. And if that defensive talent doesn't get burnt out, can be effective. This is a team that not listen nine and three, ten and two is uh it, it, that that to you with the offense you're going into the season with, that to you has to be the benchmark as nothing lower than that, because yep. anything lower than that, I agree. D'Antonio, for everything he's done, you have to start questioning. Okay, have we seen the the peaks of his talent? Have we seen the best we're going to get out of him? Or is this just a, a difficulty in recruiting? What What's going on here? But I also I asked you that question because I wanted to say my point to this. I think there's no question after that after that season last year, there's no question that at least half of that coaching staff, they should not be in East Lansing right now. They should have been removed, fired, moved on from because the last couple of years there's not been enough consistency to merit some kind of coaching overhaul. You guys, you guys mm-hmm. had a good year one year, but you had two subpar years as bookends of it. If you have one more this year, which I don't think you'll have, but if you do, it, there's no way D'Antonio can justify answering the questions of why weren't, why wasn't there some kind of coaching change? He's not going to be able to go. Well, I didn't think it was necessary. Two seven and five, eight and four seasons. It's necessary. It has to be necessary because eight and four isn't good enough to win Big Ten. Turn or been Big Ten titles and stay at the top. And the last thing MSU wants to do after working so hard to get there is start trailing off again. They need to they need to stay competitive with Ohio State. They need to stay competitive with Michigan. I, I mean, I'll even put Wisconsin in there just because Wisconsin seems to steamroll every year. They're in a uh, Rustin want to get into it. I'll get into it a little bit. They're in a shitty ass weak conference while the rest of us have to beat each other's brains out. They got to beat you know they got to beat up on the the basketball schools while we're beating the crap out of each other and we're still the better basketball schools so um well eric uh, eric i'll tell you what one thing though because the offensive coaches became the defensive coaches if they average 14 points a goddamn game again like they did for the last six games they're all fired. so it, you you're not going to win games getting 14 points on the scoreboard so there's there's the barometer of who goes and why okay that's fine um, all right, so nine and three, eight and four, ten and two. We we're, we all think they're going to have a winning record. It's just a matter of about two win difference. Um, Russ, I'll let I'll let you go first here. You're 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 the guy that's actually the alum. I'll let you roll out the parade for U of M here, buddy. Uh, what do you got them doing? So we'll get to the actual record in a second here. Biggest issues: new offense. Right, Gaddis is coming in. Supposed to be up tempo. Supposed to be modernizing the offense with that hashtag speed in space. Yikes! He's already got a hashtag. Um, but modernizing this offense could be bringing it up to like 2008, and that'd be almost a 20-year modernization. So that's going to be an improvement at least. The D, there's a lot of talent to that they have to replace there, right? Bush, Winovich, Gary, Long, all gone. Have to somebody else has to step up. There's a chance. 
And if Kalik Hudson can actually step in, play play like he did two years ago and not like last year, then this defense can start to bounce back and, and be a lot of what we saw last year. Shea, Patterns, Shea Patterson is going to be why they're good. If Kalik Hudson shows up, that's going to be why they're great. Okay. However, I've seen a lot of people throw 12 and all around. I'm not ready to go there. I've got them going 10 and 2. Okay. Uh, real quick. Before, because yeah. I, I want to hear your schedule, but I, I do. I want to that you you as you were talking through this, you sparked something that I brought up to Jay before we started the show while we were uh, waiting to connect with you. One, yeah. are we really saying Gary was talented last year? I don't. If you want to say that, that's fine. He, I, I didn't he know was, he played for the he team. Underperformed. Okay. He underperformed, but he was still talented. Okay. Okay. Second, this is something I brought up, and this might be a hot take, as we are both U of M fans. But I want to ask mm-hmm. it of you. You said Shea is going to be why they're good. But I want to ask, is Shea guaranteed going to be the guy? I mean, Shea did not look like the savior we thought he was going to be last year. He looked to really struggle figuring out this offense against Notre Dame or getting a bearing on this offense against Notre Dame. Granted, he got it going again, but we also, I, I remember saying this to you, we looked like a dink and dump offense for quite a while there. He did not want to throw that ball past 30 yards downfield. Whenever McCaffrey stepped on that field, good things appeared to happen until he got injured. I really want to ask the question, do we think that Shea Patterson is the starting quarterback for U of M for 12 straight games this year? I absolutely do. Okay. McCaffrey's going to show up. Right? He's going to have packages. Yeah. They've already said there's going to be some times where they're both out there. I mean, it's going to be similar to what we kind of saw Gaddis do in Alabama the last couple of years. Um, that being said... Last year's offense, Harbaugh calling the play offense, did not suit Patterson's skill set. No. To a T. He, he was kind of a misfit there, square peg, round hole. What this is supposed to be, what it's advertised as, more run-pass option, more up-tempo, this is supposed to feed into his strengths more. Uh, granted, it might feed into McCaffrey's as well, but I think Patterson's going to get the first bite of the apple, and there's not going to be enough left, really, for there to be competition. Okay. And... Uh, we're, we're both we're, we're similar on the same page here, but uh, it's a to me it's a it's something that has to be asked just because of what we saw for him. Assuming, uh, let's say this team, not that it's going to happen, but let's say this team does get off to like a three and two offense doesn't look good kind of start. Do you kind of have to look at it and go, you know what, Shay, you did good. Let's let's see. It can't get any worse if we throw McCaffrey in there. Is there, two, is there a situation? Is there a situation? If they, if come week five or six, they're even close to five hundred. Then yeah, we're at that situation. Cause Shay, you didn't do good. Yeah. Uh, starting off Middle Tennessee State, uh, that that should be the uh, Pat Stafford special on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Army Army's a better team than you think. Second longest win streak in the nation right now. Yep. Took Oklahoma to overtime last year, mm-hmm. but it still should be a win. Yep. At Wisconsin, uh, last year was thirty-eight thirteen, and being at that game, man, it wasn't it wasn't as close as the score was. I'll, I'll put it that way. No, the bye and there's the bye week before it, so I'm I'm gonna take it even though it's on the road at Wisconsin. Rutgers, Rutgers, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Iowa's next. They haven't played each other since 2016, but fans gone. Hawkinson's gone. Um, expectations to win are gone, so that's another win for Michigan. At, at Illinois, same thing I said for State. It's, it's 
Slavi. This could be the one of the final nails in his coffin. No, one who are we kidding? No, no, he's never fired up. Yeah. Um, the next two are really where it gets interesting. At Penn State and then at home against Notre Dame, this is where I have them taking one of their losses. Yep. Um, I'm leaning towards it being Penn State, mainly because since Harbaugh got there, the winning team has blown out the road team. Either, either way, mm-hmm. every single time. They've literally never had a close game on the scoreboard between them. So at Penn State, maybe it's a little closer, but until he can prove me different and he can actually go into Happy Valley in what might be a night game, I'm not trusting him yet. Yeah. So leaves me a win for Notre Dame. God, it better be Notre Dame this time around. <laughs> um, at Maryland. Called it. Maryland. This is actually what I have as a trap game for them. Because Mike Loxley's the head coach there, former co-offensive coordinator with Gaddis. If anyone's going to know his tricks, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. It's at Maryland. It's sandwiched between Notre Dame and Michigan State. Traveling on the road, it feels like one that you could be surprised punched in the mouth. And we saw it last year with Notre Dame. This team, if they get punched in the mouth, they don't always recover right away. Yeah. So there's an opportunity. I'm still taking the win. But I don't feel comfortable 100 percent with that game. I see the trap, though. I get what you're saying there. I do see the trap. Yep. Um, next one, Michigan State. I mean, went into it already, but I got Michigan winning this one. Yes, Karan Higdon was 144 of the almost 400 yards last year, and he's gone. Uh, but Michigan State also had 79 yards passing, seven of 28 attempts. I'm not confident the Michigan State offense is going to be any better, so I'm not any more confident that they're going to have a better chance of winning it. Um, At Indiana, I don't care. It's Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) Ohio State, I do still have that as a loss. Lost 14 in the last 15, so it's not just Meyer. They don't get the benefit of the doubt yet. It sucks. If, If it's going to be set up for it, now's your chance. It's a new day down there in Columbus, pardon the pun. Um, that infrastructure is so strong, and I'm sick of going, oh, revenge tour. Like, at a certain point, it's not a revenge tour. You're the kid who's being palmed, held at arm's length, going, I'm going to get you. <laughs> that's where we're at right now. So, so land Welcome to my childhood. Get a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, childhood. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Any day of the week? <laughs> yeah, I, I was, hey, I was trying not to dig too deep on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, show me. They're set up to win this one. The expectations there, I'm not comfortable putting down with my name next to it that they do it, though. Yes. Yeah. They have proven that they can't. That's fair. That is fair. It's uh, There's a lot of... There, and, there are a lot of games that on paper, as you look at them, you're like, yeah, that's that's a W, but I, I agree with the Maryland trap. It, it's, it's one of those games where... You're sandwiched between two games that are very big for us. You can see them kind of going, eh, it's Maryland. Who cares? And before you know it, you're like, wait, 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 wait. We're losing and it's halftime. What's going on here? So mm-hmm. I, I am with you that one. Um, All right, Jay. I, I made you go last for State. I won't make you go last for U of M. I'll let you go now. What do you got U of M doing? All right. So, yeah, let's do this. All right, Middle Tennessee, uh, 32 and a half spread. I had to go look spreads up, and I'm so happy that they're already live. But that's what it's opening up against. But that's a win. Army's a win. 
Wisconsin's a win. Again, I'm not buying what Wisconsin's doing. I did that last year. I thought they were going to be a powerhouse of the team. No, you're not going to fool me twice. Well, they got a quarterback that can't throw the ball more than 40 yards, so I don't really know if you can uh, consider Perennially. them a powerhouse. Yeah. The dude, the dude has a very, very weak arm for a Division One quarterback. So, anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm out on Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm not falling for that again. Uh, Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois, all Ws. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I came across the same issue that Russ did. I think that Michigan has a problem of showing up to the big games. And it, it, it's evident. It's in the records that they, they hold right now. I've got it flipped, though. I got them beating Penn State on the road, and I had them losing to Notre Dame at home. And I hope the Notre Dame is the night game. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll probably do it with Penn State, uh, judging on Penn State's schedule up to that point. But um, I'll, I'm, I called it last year. I, when we did this last year, your first game was Notre Dame, and I said an L right out the gates, and that's what they got. So um, I'm going to stick and double down. Notre Dame would be the loss, the first loss in the season. Okay. Um, after that, Maryland, I love Russ's points because I couldn't have figured that out to save my life about mm-hmm. Gaddis and the connection with Maryland. So kudos to Russ on that. That's excellent, buddy. Um, I do have a win there, though. Okay. Uh, coming off of a loss to Notre Dame, they're going to bounce back and win. Okay. Obviously, with the Michigan State game, that's a loss in my book. Um, Indiana's a win, so you're seeing this pattern at the end of the season, loss, win, loss, win, and it ends on a loss against Ohio State, giving them a 9-3 and three record for 2019. All right, that's about what I figured. But to be fair, Russ, I think we need to take a moment. This time last year, he had us going like 7-5. and five. Like, he, he didn't even give <laughs> yeah. us the benefit of the doubt. So, oh, that was a dick move. <laughs> it, was a, it was a dick move. But you know what, Jay? But to be fair... It, it was one of those things where I think you're finally realizing, like, we're not as bad as you want us to be, but you're also you gave yourself the the better record. Everybody expected that. That's totally fine. Um, I just I I I, I got to take a moment and thank you for getting your head out of your. No, no, you did a good job. You but but you're job. you're putting you it in, you're putting it in the wrong context, my friend. Last year I wanted you to suck ass, but you didn't because you played a bunch of powder puff games. This year. When you're opening up against Middle Tennessee and Army, and then you go through some of the low-hanging fruit of that is the Big Ten, I just, I, yeah, you're going to get wins, and yes, you're going to have amazing stat lines and all this stuff, but it, it's about the big game, and like that's cliche. It's always about the big game, but you guys can't do it in the big game, so Justin, you're still going to have a winning record. Outside of, outside I can't give you that much credit. Don't do that. To outside me. of Iowa and Northwestern, we we have virtually the same schedule. Your your first three games are Tulsa, Western Michigan, and Arizona State. Tulsa and Michigan, if they score more than three touchdowns combined, like on you, you're gonna have to start getting a little nervous. So we do start off with a power puff game, but Tulsa is not exactly the powerhouse of Oklahoma. I don't even think that the Oklahoma Sooners know where Tulsa's campus is. So to be fair, yes, do we did we do we have easy games to start? We do. But so do you. Outside of one game, we play virtually the exact same schedule. Oh, and out of conference, Notre Dame or Arizona State, which one's going to be tougher? Yeah, I, I mean to be fair. Well, I mean, but to even be fair, right? Make it even different. Northwestern Iowa. I mean, they're they're pretty much a draw. But yeah, like, not that much difference. Not that much difference at all. You could even say, in in theory, we do actually have the tougher of the two. We got to play Notre Dame, where you're you're. Your one is Arizona State. You guys want to take? You guys want to take Notre Dame? You can have them. 
You can have him. We'll take Arizona State any day of the week, my friend. To play on the other side, though, I will say Michigan gets three out of their four biggest games at home. Michigan State, Michigan State gets three out of their four biggest games on the road. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So that is something the other you guys, you guys do have to win on the road. I will give you that. I will give you that. I will. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. You said to be fair about five times, and I'm on a I know. So every <laughs> time I'm like, to be fair. I had, to, I had to go on mute one time so I could do it. Good times. That's it. That's all I got. Nine and three. Good season, but we'll be one step ahead of you. Where you got, Eric? That's going to do it for us here on Armchair Sports Talk. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) um, To be fair. (laughs) No. uh, To be fair. There you go. Um, My my schedule or my 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 record for the schedule. If you want to know what it is, just see Russ's ten minutes ago. It's the exact same. We did the exact wow. same. Um, oh, wow. Middle Tennessee, Army, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois. It's 6-0 and to start the season. Um, Penn State, Notre Dame, that was the one that I, I left blank. I filled out the rest of the schedule. I left that one blank because I knew I had to kind of take a minute to work through it. Um, and it, it is just that. It's going to Penn State. We seem to just, whoever's home seems to get the numbers. Uh, and I just, part of me wanted to think, or, part of me thinks that Notre Dame in the big house it it gives us that element of we're at home we're gonna be coming off a loss to Penn State that we probably shouldn't lose and I do I will say Russ I do believe it's gonna be a lot closer game than these past few have been I think this one's gonna definitely come down to either a field goal late game turnover something like that um but we are gonna get the loss and then I just think coming back into Notre Dame this team's gonna be angry it's gonna be pretty pissed off if giving up six straight wins and then having to take a loss. Uh, so I have a W there. Maryland, MSU, Indy. I mean, I I have them winning them, no problem. It's Maryland and Indy. Uh, I did agree about the trap game. And like I said, MSU, I expect a good game with MSU this year. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be a team that... Oh, it's always good. It's always good. I, I don't know. A couple years ago, it wasn't very good. We won like 38 to something. Um, but for the most part, it's a good, it's a good series. Uh, and then Ohio State... I want to believe that the new coach, new quarterback is going to play a part, but you know what? There's a reason they've won so many in a row. I never want to rule them out of winning it, but at the same time, you know, it, it's more than likely, even though it's at uh, at the big house, it's more than likely going to be a uh, an L for us, which I hate to say. I would always love to say that Michigan's going to go, you know, 12-0 and or 11-1, and but I got them 10-2, and exact same record as Russ. Um Basically, what I'm getting from all this, guys, is this should be a pretty good, uh, pretty good season for college football for Michigan and Michigan State. Those are two records that I think any team would be happy to have. So we'll see what happens with it. Um, Can I throw one thing at you guys while we before we go off the football? No. Oh, okay, that's fine. Go ahead. What's up? <laughs> no, because like, all right, so we talked about the schedules, and Michigan State was a, a winner, a loss of two away from being, you know, the middle was nine and three. I believe, on Michigan State. And we're all kind of doing the same thing for Michigan, but it goes back to my question. We are expecting that, and if one of these coaches falter, I want to know who you guys think gets fired. And I'm throwing the Lions in there, too, because each team has great pieces, be it state defense or the Lions soon-to-be defense and run game. And then with Michigan, you know, they have a bunch of starters that left, but they also have a lot of good pieces there, too. Who do you think, if they falter, gets fired? All right, Russ, go ahead. 
<laughs> well, I, I, I have my answer, but I, I, I have my answer. I mean, I, I can answer okay. now, but I'll let Russ, if Russ wants okay. the floor. We're not in the same room, so I can't necessarily point at Russ and tell him, you go ahead. So I'm, I'm, I'll right. let him have it. So it was just funny. So it's yeah. between Patricia, D'Antonio, Harbaugh. Yep. If, if they falter, if they have a bad season, who's most likely to be fired? Mm-hmm. Assuming, assuming all equally bad. Oof. My gut says. Put it this way: let, about, let's say all yeah. of them go seven and seven, and well, Lions have to go seven and nine. So let's say Lions go seven and nine. Michigan, Michigan State go seven and five. Okay, so Michigan, Michigan State go a little over five hundred. Lions a little under. Yep, but that uh, that's a, that's a good baseline for we. They all get seven wins. Right. Okay. So in that case, it, it takes me back the other way. I think Patricia stays with seven and nine because hey, it's his buddy, and that's not so bad that it's going to raise too many picket fences or picket riots, rather. Yeah. Um. He's Michigan, Michigan State. I think it'd be more Harbaugh. Really, I think D'Antonio. They let him shuffle around chairs in the Titanic after last year and say, "Hey, my defensive guy." No, no, he's he's a wide receiver coach now. Like what? No, dude's got carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Harbaugh, if he doesn't start, you know, being the guru that he's supposed to be, I think it's a better chance that 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 goes south faster. Okay, I like that. Yeah, Jay. Jay to be fair, I, I had to put the the win cap in there just for the fact that I was going to say a nine and three, eight and four, or ten and two season doesn't get you fired in in the Big no. Ten. Um, and to be fair, an eight, nine, or ten win season for the Lions would be a, a miracle and be a dream. And like we said, yes. like we said, we're gonna well, we're gonna get through the the third preseason game, get a full dress rehearsal, and then we, we're probably gonna go back, take a look at that schedule and. Anyone that wants to make a change can make a change. But um, assuming they all have seven wins, obviously the Lions a couple more losses just because the length of season. Um, I, I agree with Russ. I think it has to be Harbaugh. I think that U of M fans have given Harbaugh enough rope that he started to reach the point that we don't have any more rope to give. you got to start being 11-1. you got to start being the team that is in the Big Ten championship every year and is potentially... Like we were always in the conversation for the playoff up until two or three weeks till the end of the year. We need to be in the conversation all the way to the end. The, the way to put it is, for U of M fans, we need to be the team that gets screwed out of the playoff by the committee. Not because of the losses we did. We need to get screwed out of it because the committee decides, eh, we want Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Georgia, or USC, or Texas. We, we want that team. Michigan, we just... We need to get pushed out from the committee, not from what we do on the field. And right now, Harbaugh's not doing that. Right now, Harbaugh's getting us right there, and then he can't he can't finish it out. One or two games, we, we fall. So I agree with Russ that I think D'Antonio can, you know, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, but I did like your point that I think, especially as a state fan, Jay, uh, I like that he he might have to start getting it going or else state fans might start giving him a little push. Uh Mm-hmm. To be honest, though, this is the Lions. I, I, I can't remember the last time we had a coach for longer than three years. So, uh, yeah. Patricia, I, I think they're all on the hot seat if that if that record's what happens. But um, most of all, I, I think it is Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh has had enough time. The legacy thing of that he was a he was a god here when he played. It, it's starting to wear thin. That's like okay, that's great. You were great when you played here. 
Cliff Kingsbury broke like all the passing records. Texas Tech fired him. So what are we doing? We're just going to hold on to you as long as you want to be here. You got to start winning the games. Eleven and one, ten and two, or twelve and zero have to start being the every year standard, or else I don't know what else you can do. We're just going to sit here and be happy with nine and three every year, and I don't like that. No, it's not good enough. Okay. What about you? One, Jay? one thing I think. One thing that so I'm torn between two people. Okay, and I'm leaning towards Patricia only because. There's only one head coach that their company bought them an ATB to wheel his ass around the field. <laughs> and if he doesn't produce, they're going to go, oh, remember that 22K we dropped on that ATV? Yeah, he's gone. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being like facetious and joking, but um, I, I, I think it's going to be Patricia or Mark. I mean, just, you, can't, you, you, can't, you can't screw this up this year. And if you do, you're gone. So... I had to pick one. I'll go Patricia. I think I think he's gone, especially because of the ATV. That, that was sitting in someone's cross <laughs> that they spent money on that. I don't know if they shipped it out to Texas this um, this week, but they if they did. did, oh, God. Oh, yep, look, they right did. There. What do you think the freight was to ship that damn thing all the way to Houston? Oh, Are you I don't kidding even me? Know. But to uh, be fair. He's going to get fired. <laughs> to be fair, I would like to make one point. This is my only my only defense of Patricia. Like you said, Russ, I don't think 7-9 and nine raises the picket line but I will say that one of the big issues I've had with Lions over the last we'll say 20 years two years is not enough time two seasons is not enough time to fully implement everything you want to implement it's the same as college you can't expect a guy to come in and within a year take guys who were suited for the last guy's offense or the last guy's defense and have them fully converted I mean, not that Rich Rod's experiment was ever going to work with U of M, but we had power eye offensive players. The spread op- option offense is speed. None of those guys are fast. They're all meant to do a very slow, methodic offense. So with Patricia, two years isn't enough time. So if if he goes 7-9 and nine and Quinn pulls him in the office and says you're fired, then you know what? That whole front office needs to be reshuffled again. We finally We need to finally pick a head coach. And commit, commit to them. Give them, give them three or four years. And if in three or four years you see it's the same record every year, and there's no sh- change in in record or improvement, then okay, you can give them the boot because then it's clearly it's clearly the coach. But these having a new coach every two years is just it's ridiculous. There's no way that like I, I, all these guys can get fully comfortable with the offense, fully comfortable with the defense, with the mentality, and be effective. So if Patricia gets fired after a seven nine year, Quinn needs to go because clearly Quinn isn't really committed. But at the same time, you can't expect Quinn to feel comfortable with this. Quinn spent the last ten fifteen years with the same head coach because the guy wins you know eleven games every year like it's nothing. So I just think he has to like Patricia has to be given a guarantee that he's at least got another season to continue this because it makes no point to acquire all these pieces to fit what he needs and then kick him to the curb because then we're left with a guy that might need something totally different. That's right. just how well, I feel. That's, that's why I spun on on the whole thing when you said seven wins because, yeah, barring a catastrophic failure like 2-14, and 14, yeah. you, you're going to end up giving him the benefit of the doubt one more year. I think, I think three years is really that threshold to see are you doing something. But remember, he did fire Caldwell after a winning season. Yeah, but that I don't uh-huh. think that I don't think that was 
for the coaching factor. I think that was just genuinely Bob Quinn wanted to start building this his way, and he yeah. had to, he had to he had to, when he took the job. Martha Ford probably looked at him and says, "I like Jim Caldwell. You got to give him a year." He gave him a year. He didn't see enough. And to be fair, it was a winning season. There's no reason they should have fired Caldwell. But I think that was Bob Quinn going. Caldwell's not the guy that I think can do what we need to do. So he fired him. I, I, I think that had nothing to do with Caldwell's coaching. That just had to do with Caldwell wasn't Matt Patricia or a member of the New England Patriots coaching staff. Fair. I, that's, that's how I feel. probably it. That's how I feel about it. Uh, Jay, I also would like to point out the fact that you did not mention uh, Jim Harbaugh as one, as you put the other two guys on the on the chopping block and not Jim Harbaugh. I was a little surprised by that. I would have thought you yeah, would have well, gone to bat you- for D'Antonio. Yeah, when you get shrines built of you and there's people worshiping you on Sunday, I'm pretty sure you're secure for a couple more years. <laughs> it's all that matters. All that matters. Uh, all right, well, that's another one. That's going to do it for us here in Armchair Sports Talk. Another good one. Like I said, we got the preseason game. We're going to have to go over that again next week and then definitely going to take a look at that schedule and uh, could be some changes. That I, I, Those 10-6, and 9-7 and seven records might not hold after we see these uh, starters go all the way through, but... For the time being, we'll just have to do, you know, deal with what we got. Uh, my thanks to Justin Marcus. Hey, I'm happy to be here this week. There's minimal ball busting, and it was a great show. That's all right. As soon as we turn your mic off, I'll, I'll get started on the ball busting. Uh, no, Jay, I appreciate being here, buddy. It's, it, it is it's as much fun as I, I have, you know, Russ and I doing these. It's always odd when you're not here because I find myself so many times, you know, queuing up to ask you a question and realizing you're not here. So, Getting our salt into the show is, is good. We need our daily salt dose, and uh, you do it good, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it, man. Rusty, you're, uh, I, I'm going to keep saying it until it's not proven true. Uh, you make us sound a lot smarter than we really are. You're the stat man. Uh, not as many numbers this, this week as, I, as we expected, but you know what? I still know you did the deep dive, and you're saving them for another show. Yeah, I got some things percolating that will come out in the future. But, yeah, it's, it's a blast. And, and just one last time. To be Figure it out. And I'm your host, Eric Dorsch. Next week I will be doing the show by myself. Uh, <laughs> that's one small step for us when Giant Leap back in Detroit sports broadcasting. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul.